Thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Chapel Middle School Podcast. Let's head into the service for this week's message. We are in Daniel and chapter 2. And a bit of a review as to what we've done the past two weeks. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about Daniel, who was a young man in the nation of Israel. And he had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Babylonian M- Empire, led by a man named King Nebuchadnezzar, came in. And they conquered Israel and they destroyed it. They just smashed it to pieces and left it burning. And they took away Daniel and his three friends and a bunch of other young men from Israel. And they said, we're going to make them like us. We're going to make them like Babylonians and conform them to the way that we do things. But Daniel and his friends stood firm against that. And they decided we're not going to conform. We're not going to forget about our God, who is the one true God. We're not going to forget about our family and our nation back home. We're going to still love them and still care for them. And they stood firm and and still obeyed God's commands, even when they were far from home. And then last week we talked about, um, we talked about the dreams that Nebuchadnezzar had. You guys remember this? King Nebuchadnezzar had a crazy dream. And he goes to his wise men, his advisors, who Daniel are part of. And he says, all right, I had this crazy dream. It scared me to death. I'm really afraid. I can't go to sleep. Tell me what the dream was. And what does it mean? And the wise men go, okay, well, that's great, sir. We want to help you. Um, what did you dream? Because we can't, like, read your mind or anything. Like, what did you dream? And then we'll tell you what it means. And the king goes, no, 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 no. Here's what I want you to do. Tell me what I dreamed last night and what it means or I'll kill you. And cut you in little pieces and burn your houses down. And you know what? I'll probably take your dog and make it my own. King, we can't figure this dream out. Like, we don't know what you dreamed. King goes, all right, I'm going to kill you. And then Daniel steps up and he goes, hold on. I can figure out your dream with God's help. Give me some time. So he prays with his friends and God reveals to him the dream that the king had. And he reveals to him what that dream meant. And before they do anything else, rather than running to the king to try and save the life, first they stop and they say, thank you to God. They give thanks to God. We talked last week about how we should give thanks to God when he answers prayer. Or just for who he is and what he gives us. And so he gives thanks and he gives credit to God. And he goes to the king and he says, king, I have your dream. I know what you dreamed last night and I know what it means. And that's where our story left off. And that's where we're picking up today with Daniel speaking to the king. And he says, God has told me what you dreamed last night, and here's what it is. So we're going to read about the dream, and then we will get into our study uh, for today. So, here in verse 29, reading along. As you were lying there, O king, your mind turns turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. Check that out. Daniel's saying, hey king, what you dreamed the other night, last night, it was a vision of the future. Everybody say, the future. The future. That wasn't, try again, a little higher. The future. That was good. (laughs) We'll work on this. We'll work on this. But he gives him a vision. (laughs) Future, yes. He gives him a vision of the future. And he says, hey, what you dreamed of the night was a vision of the future. So everything that follows is what's going to happen. So keep that in mind as we keep going. As for me, he says in verse 30, This mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. And here's the dream that actually took place. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. 
The head of the statue is made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, and its legs of iron, its feet partially of iron and partially of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock that was cut out, not made by human hands, and it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken into pieces at the same time and like shaft of the threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that, that struck the statue became a huge mountain and it filled the whole earth. What? What? What just happened? That is a weird dream. Not quite the panda bear dream or the one where you're arm wrestling Doctor Who, but that's a weird dream. So let's figure out what it means. But first, let's pray and get into our study for today. Father God, you are so good to us. And we love you, Lord. I thank you so much for the students over the weekend who did the service project and were willing to give their time up to help other people and to show your love. Thank you for that. And I also pray that you're just with these students today. Help us to take something away from this dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And even though it was so long ago, God, it's still relevant to us today. And might we learn something from it and glean something from it. We love you. It's the name of your son, Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Dreams are outrageous. They're crazy. They're silly. They're bizarre. They're mysterious. You can have scary dreams. You can have a dream that a pack of midget clowns attack you and they take your iPhone and delete your high score on Flappy Birds and delete the app so you can't get them. I know, terrible. You can have an embarrassing dream. You can have a dream that you walk into math class and you're like, oh, I forgot my homework and my pants. That's awkward. And your friends are like, oh, Instagramming it. Hashtag no pants. <laughs> Loser. I mean, you can have embarrassing dreams. You can have dreams that are amazing. You can have dreams that, oh my goodness. I'm flying. How am I flying? This is incredible. I'm, I am now a fighter jet? What in the, why am I doing barrel rolls? This is going to work. You can have amazing dreams that don't make sense or aren't even real, but you can have such bizarre dreams, and, and dreams are truly a mystery. And getting ready for the study, I, I researched why do we have dreams. I just went on Google. I'm like, why do we dream? And I thought there'd be some scientific reason, but, but there are actually, we don't know exactly why we dream. There are a bunch of theories as to why we dream, but scientists do not know why we dream. And it's a very mysterious thing. People can wake up and they can be afraid and terrified. And they're like, what did that mean? Is there a meaning behind that? And we read this story and we wonder, do my dreams tell the future? When I saw those panda bears fighting in my dream, does that mean that it's going to happen? Like, am I going to fly one day? Am I going to be a fighter jet? Like, what does that mean? Is it the future? Is it of God? Is it not? And so dreams are complex things, and we're going to answer a few of those questions today. And we're going to start, though, by answering what exactly was this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and, and why did God give it to him? So we'll start with that. So the dream starts off, and Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream a statue of a man. And the man's head was made of gold. That'd be kind of cool to have a golden ear, I guess, and a nose. And here's a picture, golden beard. And his, his chest and his arms were made of silver. His, his stomach and, his, and his, his, his torso was made of bronze. Literally, he had a bronze six-pack, so he's, he's doing pretty well. P90X, you know. And he has iron legs made of iron. And then his feet are made of a mixture of iron and clay. Now, you saw this dude walking on the street. You'd be like, first of all, hey, man, come here. I got, I got a secret for you. You grab his ear and you run away and you pull the gold away. But, but you kind of be weirded out like, whoa, this is an intimidating creature. And there's a big statue. 
And this is what Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream. And it's amazing because Daniel tells him this. And imagine Nebuchadnezzar in hearing this. You had a dream last night, and this guy has no idea what you dreamed. And he begins telling you, well, for some reason, I just feel like, like you had a dream last night. And in your dream, you had this, this, and this. And every bit, when he says the head of gold and the, and the chest and arms of silver, Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. He knows exactly what happened. He knows exactly what I dreamed the other night. And Nebuchadnezzar has this kind of shock and awe, like, how did you guess my dream? But then Daniel takes it one step further. Not only does he, he say what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed, he interprets what that dream was. He says, this dream of the statue you had, and also after the statue being crushed by this massive stone, it's not made of man, but is from heaven, and it crushes this, and it fades away. All this vision that you had, this is from God, and it is revealing to you the future. It's revealing to you the future. And Daniel goes in to explain this dream. He says, King Nebuchadnezzar, let me explain. The head of gold is you. It's your kingdom. It's the kingdom of Babylon. That's the head of gold. And the other pieces... Of the statue, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the, uh, the iron and clay, those are all kingdoms that will come in the future after you. So Daniel predicts, he says, look, after your kingdom, after Babylon falls, a new kingdom will come. A new kingdom will come. And we know this to be true. After Babylon fell, the Medo-Persian Empire came. And it's interesting because Daniel predicted this would happen before it took place. So he can hear that, Nebuchadnezzar can hear that, like, okay, cool, that's going to happen later, but, but it actually did take place, what he predicted. And the Medo-Persian Empire ruled, and it was an a, uh, empire ruled by two different powers, and that's kind of interesting, you see the two different arms to represent that. Then after the Medo-Persian Empire ruled the known world, came Alexander the Great. Have you guys heard of Alexander the Great? Yeah? Alexander the Great ruled, and it was the, the, the Greek Empire, and they ruled. And then after the, the Greek Empire came the Roman Empire. They were the next power to rule all of the known world. You, have, you guys heard the Roman Empire? And they ruled the known world. And we have, I mean, dates for this. We can look at history and we can map out when this stuff happened year by year by year. And the Roman Empire lasted for over 500 years. 500 years. And then it fell. And we right now, because this is a a dream that shows the entire future from the beginning till the end, from that present moment of Nebuchadnezzar's life until the end of time. We on the timeline, I have a laser pointer, pretty excited about it actually, we are right here. We are at the shin bone. Everybody say shin bone. <laughs> so that's funny. We're right here at the shin bone. So the Roman Empire has ended and there is still one more empire to come. You see, many people have tried to conquer the world after Rome and controlled it. Napoleon tried to conquer the world. Hitler tried to conquer the world. The Huns tried to conquer the world. But no one has been able to do it. No one's controlled the entire world or controlled the entire known world, at least, since the Roman Empire fell. But in this story, in this dream, there's one more empire to come, and it's the empire that the feet right here. The, I don't want to call it the feet empire because it hasn't happened yet. They can name it whatever they want. But it's going to come... And it's going to be ruled by, by ten different kings or rulers. And it's going to happen one day where, where ten kings or leaders consolidate their power and they rule the world. And we know in Revelation 
that this confederation will be led by the Antichrist one day. The Revelation, the last book of the Bible, is, is a picture or a look into what will take place in the future as well. It's another glimpse into what will happen one day. And so that hasn't happened yet, those ten kings. So we are right here on the timeline as to what's going to happen. This is the Babylonian Empire. Oops, sorry. Oops. Where is it? I broke it. I broke it, Leslie. I broke Why are you Why are you happy? This is a terrible day. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's right. Let me get back to my sermon with the laser pointer. So there was the gold, the Babylonian Empire, the Middle Persian. The Greek Empire? The Roman Empire? It sounds like you're eyeing at his calf muscles. Like, ah, weird. And then the Feet Empire. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Y'all are weird. I love it. So you're so much cooler than high school. High school is lame. Don't go to high school. Fail eighth grade. So keep going. So this is what Daniel saw, in, saw as a vision. And he told Nebuchadnezzar, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to tell you everything that's going to happen to the end of the world. And he tells him this. And it's incredible because God is demonstrating, hey, I'm in control. I know what's going to happen. And Nebuchadnezzar, when he heard this, when he heard the exact dream that he had told to him by Daniel, when he heard the future that's going to take place, Nebuchadnezzar reacted immediately. And and recognize, this is the most powerful man on earth who's doing this. So recognize, this is the most powerful man on earth doing this when you read this. It says in verse 46, Then Nebuchadnezzar, after this vision had been told to him, fell before Daniel and paid paid him honor and ordered that offerings and incense be presented to him. And the king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Nebuchadnezzar goes, Neb is like so crazy. He's like, How did you, this is incredible. There's no way you could have done this except by God. Your God must be the one true God. For he knows what's going to happen. And he knows what happened in my dream. And he revealed it to you. Your God is true. And he is right. And he is greater than me. And that's why the king bowed down. Incredible. Incredible. So Daniel goes from being someone who's about to be cut into little pieces and his house destroyed to now being the, the assistant to the king in ruling Babylon. And he doesn't forget about his peeps, his friends. He goes, yo, shout out. I mean, like, hashtag, like, shout out to my friends. Shout out to Meshach Abednego. They get included in that, and they get rewarded as well and get a place in the kingdom uh, in authority with Daniel. So things go great for Daniel. And God honors his faithfulness and his steadfastness in continuing to love him, even though he's in a foreign nation. And God reveals to the king, hey, I'm in control, not you, king. I'm in control. And this amazing story takes place. But, but I want us to, to ask ourselves, what, why is this important to us? Is, why is this story in the Bible for us? Is it in the Bible to tell us that every dream that we have is a vision of the future? 
Side note, uh, no. Every, vision that you, every dream that you have is not a vision of the future. Every dream that you have isn't necessarily God speaking to you. Every time I answer my phone, I don't assume it's the same person every time. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Some, when I pick up the phone, I don't go, hey, Dad. I'm like, who is this? Like, this isn't my dad. But sometimes I can answer the phone and it can be my dad. So sometimes when we dream, it can just be random thoughts in our head bouncing around, but sometimes it can be God speaking to us through our dreams. We see in the Bible examples of when God, in very powerful instances, will speak to people in their dreams. But, but I want us to be very, very, very cautious and not thinking that every dream has this, this deep meaning or this deep purpose or is speaking about the future. It can happen. It can but just like God can speak to you through reading his, reading his word, just like God can speak to you through other people, we, we want to be careful to make sure that, that it truly is God who's speaking to us. So if you have a dream and you're like, man, I think that was from God, I really do, you can test it in this way. If it's clear and you understand the meaning, then it's of God. But if it's kind of convoluted and you don't really know what's happening, and it probably isn't. If it matches up with God's word, then it's of God. If you have a dream and it tells you to go to a store and hold a gun to the clerk's head and take all the money, that's not from God, okay? It's not. Because God wouldn't ask you to do something or wouldn't give you a dream in which he would ask you to break a commandment. So that's not of God. So be, be cautious and in your dreams and making sure they're of the Lord, but, but also be open to the fact that sometimes God does speak to dreams. Sometimes he does. And it's usually very personal. And sometimes people, other people, like you can tell to them, like, I don't get anything from that. I don't even understand why. But, but God can reveal something very clear to you through it. But, so, excuse me. But uh, continuing on, um, why is this story important to us? Why is this dream important to us? Well, it's for two reasons. One, it lets us know that God is in control. In absolute and and pure control of what happens. America wasn't just a mistake that happened. God knew that was going to happen, and he put that into order and into practice. Nations rise and they fall, and God can control that. God is over that. And God does not predict the future. He, he makes the future. There's a difference. I can predict that the, the Washington Wizards will win the NBA championship. I can predict it. And maybe it happens. Maybe it's true. Maybe they actually win by some miracle. It'd be cool. I actually like the Wizards. Maybe it happens. But just because I predicted it or I guessed it doesn't mean that I actually control whether it happens or not. You guys got me? Just because I predicted or guessed that it might happen doesn't mean that I have any say in whether it actually happens or not. And I can be wrong. God doesn't guess what the future is. God doesn't just know what the future is. I can know that on Monday my parents are going to leave. They're going to go out of town. I can know that. But just because I know that doesn't mean I'm actually making them go out of town. I just know what's going to happen. God actually can control the future and what's going to happen. And, and process it. And he knows it completely. So we can rest assured, guys, God knows what's going to happen to America. He knows that maybe one day, he knows whether America will fall or whether it will stand at the end of time. He knows the, the day that it might end, and he knows the day that it would begin before it even happened. He knows the next few presidents that we're going to have, actually all of them. He knew Obama was going to get in office. He knew before that that Bush would get in office. He, he knew these things. God knew it, and it doesn't surprise him. 
And because God is in control, we can trust Him with what's going to happen. We can put our faith in Him because He's going to take care of us. The second thing we should take away from this, though, is that not only can we put our faith in in God because He controls what will happen, but we can also put our faith in that Jesus will one day return as King to the earth. Jesus will one day return as King to the earth. I explained what this statue is. and, And to put it more succinctly, this statue represents... It represents human history, human achievement. The greatest empires that that mankind could ever put together. That's what this statue represents. It represents the history of humanity. The accomplishments that we have, the the great feats that we've brought together as coming together as humans and going to the moon and making the airplane and making the wheel and all these things. It represents all of our achievements, all of our empires, everything we've built. But what happens to the statue in the dream? It gets, someone's like a Hulk fan, like, Hulk smash! Yes, it gets destroyed. It gets, in a second, in a, in a moment, a massive rock, this is not made by human hands, so if heaven comes and it destroys everything that took thousands of years, millennium, to make is destroyed in a second. And this rock comes and it destroys all that mankind works so hard to build and all that it thought was so glory, uh, so glorious about mankind and it destroys it in a moment and it's gone. And in its place, this rock goes into a mighty mountain and it lasts forever. And this kingdom lasts forever. This rock in this analogy is Jesus. Jesus is this rock. And this Jesus is coming to earth that is him smashing all of history. And you might say, well, hold on, didn't that already happen? Well, well, Jesus will come to earth twice. He came once. If you guys remember the Christmas story, he came as a baby into a manger, and he lived a life, and he died at the age of 33 on a cross for our sins, and then he rose from the dead. And after he rose from the dead, he did what? He ascended into heaven, and that's where he is now. But, but a day is coming in the future, which has not happened yet. God is telling us one day, Jesus will come back. He'll come back a second time. And we get a glimpse into what that looks like in the book of Revelation. Revelation, again, is the last book of the Bible. It's speaking about what will happen one day. We find in Revelation that Jesus will return a second time. He'll return a second time. And this time he won't come as a baby in a manger, but he will come as a warrior on a white horse. His robe will be drenched with blood. Yeah, no, the guys are like, oh, that's kind of cool, though. And the girls are just like, yeah. But yeah, he'll be a conquering warrior coming to earth with an army behind him as a commander of God's army. And he will come to earth. And this empire that's coming one day, this ten-ruled empire by ten kings, this federation, will be destroyed by him in a moment. And all the evil of the world will be destroyed and rid and taken away by him. And he will set up his kingdom on earth. And it will last forever. You see, the thing with the statue is there's always a next empire, a next empire, someone to follow. But, but with God's empire, it lasts forever. There is no end to it. It continues. And it's weird to think about that. Like, we don't think that America will ever end. We don't think that way or that it could. 
But it will one day end. It will go away. Our lives will one day end. But, but imagine a kingdom, a place, a, a country that will last forever and its citizens will last forever. This is heaven. And God will bring heaven to earth and establish it on earth. And those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and repented of their sins in life will spend eternity with Him in this place. Now here's the, the thing with the dream. Here's the deal. If, if someone begins predicting the future and they're right, you're going to take their word for it the next time they predict the future. Let me give you an example. Let's say your little sister... You're watching the Wizards game with your sister, and she goes, I already know what's going to happen. What? What do you mean you know what's going to happen? Well, Wizards are going to win by 32 points. That's ridiculous. It's a huge spread. I'm just telling you. All right, your sister goes to bed, and sure enough, the Wizards win by 32 points. You're like, wow, that was a pretty good guess. The next day, you talk to your sister. You're like, hey, um, what time is mom going to get home? Uh, 5.29 in three seconds. And you look at your watch like, what? In the three seconds, one, two, three, boom, mom walks in the door exactly when she said, well, it's kind of crazy. I was just kind of curious. What are, what are the lottery numbers for tomorrow? Just you know, five, two, eight, yeah, five, two, eight, four, nine, four, nine, four, nine. Okay, cool. And then you go to the store and try and buy a lottery ticket, but you realize you're too young and you can't. But you watch the results on TV and you're like, five, two, eight, nine. Oh, my goodness. You, you are a wizard. Are you a witch? And your sister's like, oh, I don't know, it's just going to happen. I know it's going to happen before it does. And she keeps predicting the future. Like, you're going to have a test on Friday. The answer to number seven is Q. There is no Q on the... Oh, my goodness, there's a Q on the test. What? Multiple choice with a Q on it? Are you kidding me? And it was truly right. And you, every time she predicted the future, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Again and again. And you put more and more faith in your sister. Like, okay... Am I going to win my basketball game Friday? You're going to put more and more faith. You're going to ask your sister more. And every time she speaks, you're going to hang on every word. Because you're like, maybe whoa, maybe the future will come out of what she says. Maybe I can know what's going to happen because of what she says. And you'll put more and more weight to what she says. God showed us that he knows the future. And he predicted the first empire that would rule. And then the second. And then the third. And the fourth And God knows the future and has demonstrated that he's in control. So when God makes a prediction and he says, hey, in the future, Jesus will come to earth. He will destroy all the evil empires of man. He'll take them and throw them aside and he'll establish his own empire. And whoever puts their faith in Jesus will live forever in this empire with me. We can put our faith in what he says. We can say that's true. Why? Because everything that God has said before this has been true. And he's right, and he can make it happen because he's in control. We can have our confidence in God because of what he's done in the past and what he will do in the future. Do we hang on every word of God like it's truth? Do we obey him and and follow our lives after what he says because we know it to be true? Jesus is coming back. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not, he is coming back. And he will establish his kingdom on this earth. And, and guys, it could, it could begin pretty soon. Actually, at any moment, we could be raptured and the, the tribulation could begin, which is the end of the world. At any moment, the believers could be raptured and we can go to heaven. 
And then we'd come again with Jesus in the second coming. Any moment this could happen, guys. Are we ready? Do we take God's promise seriously? Just like God was right about this vision and right about the future, he is right and true and trustworthy when he says, Jesus is coming back one day and he will rule and he will reign. Will you be on his side or not? We can take this to heart and we can believe it because it is true. Let's pray. Father God, you you are true. And when you say something, it happens. God, you know the future. You control the future. And when you tell us that your son is coming back, we believe you. We believe you. Now might that belief in what is coming one day, in Jesus ruling on earth as our king and as our Lord, might that affect the way we live our lives now? Might that affect the way that we revere you and honor you and as Nebuchadnezzar did in falling before you, say, you are God and I am not. You know the future and I don't. You are greater than me. Might we recognize that as well. Thank you that even in this dream from over 2,000 years ago, God, we can, we can still learn from this, God, more about you. Be with these students. Bless them as they go about their day. And we love you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.